Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Today's episode is presented to you by BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline.ag, it's back. It's better than ever. And you know what? The NFL is back, and all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on the field to start another football season. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, there are more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for coming into the pod. I'm so happy to have this returning guest back. He is the Intrepid Bears beat reporter for 670 The Score. He's the host of the podcast. Let me put a list together. He's the host of the podcast, Mark Grody Sports and the Podcast Entertainment Network. And he's here to tell us about what the mosh pit was like at Metallica at the Metro the other day, whether he's sore or not. I'm very curious. It's Mark Grody. Hello, Mark. What's going on, man? Now, based on the intro, I, I've got way too many things going on. I need to cut down a little, but that is that's what I call overexposure. Um, and I, this could disappoint you. I don't know how you got the idea, but I did not go to the Metallica concert. <laughs> I wish I had. I you didn't I know the whippersnappers a thing or two in the mosh pit. <laughs> yeah, man. Like I, when I got word of that, I, I did have like my involuntary response was, "Oh, I gotta go. I gotta." But I was like. No, you know, by the time I get on the red, because I live downtown, by the time I get on the red line and I get to Wrigley and it's not going to happen. So I would have loved to have been one of the, what was it, 800 people, I think it was, yeah, that they allowed in. Yeah, sure 900 something, maybe just 890, something like that. So, oh, yeah, man. That, yeah, I had a little anxiety at first, but I was like, eh. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll survive without Metallica on this night. <laughs> on this particular Monday evening, yeah, Mark, right. I'm uh, I'm I'm 37, man. Uh, whenever I get that first urge of like that first jolt of should I go, I probably pull something. Um, oh yeah, yeah. No, you always you're all. It's always better off. Um, and I'm older than you. There, like, it's always the right decision to not go to a concert. It's always the right decision. <laughs> Yeah, I unfortunately, I think I had to. I, I, I like punk rock music and stuff. I had to retire from the mosh pit about 12 oh, yeah. years ago, and I got, like, kicked in the face, and I was the old guy on the side just being like – I was like Brett Favre against the Bears in 2012. You know, I was just like, my career's over. It's just over. It comes for us all, taps us on the shoulder, and it says that it's over. So It's a tough moment to accept, but, yeah, there. I mean, I had to have – I had to have a lot more than one kick in the face, though. That's see, you're you're much more reasonable than I, Joey. I mean, I I've endured some really bad things in my life because I've always tried to live my life like a 24 year old. <laughs> Mark, we need to sit you down here. We need to talk to you about your concert going experience. Oh yeah, and, and, and it, it expands a lot. There are things and places. Hell, even where I've shopped, I've had like I can't go there and stop going there. You need to go to the reasonable. 40 plus places now live young i'm in my i'm almost in my 40s i got a beverly hills t-shirt on today so you know what i mean we're, we're good we're good with all this and mark i'm so happy to have you on the pod today you're coming straight from hallis hall a very busy day down at hallis hall i'm wondering if we can just get started here can i get your perspective on just what you have seen and heard over the last couple of days i'm going to categorize it as maybe some misinterpretation going on with matt Nagy in the press 
Just what's been your perspective over the news that's been in and out of house all the last couple of days leading up to now? Justin Fields is the starter for week three versus Bears and Browns. Yeah, I mean, it's been a I'll just say it's been a dramatic week, I suppose you could say. And I, you know, t- today was the day today being Wednesday. And this was a day that we were not supposed to hear from the Bears head coach. You know, we only get to hear from him three times under some of the new bylaws in the NFL. And we knew that there would be a court because on the little sheet that we're given a little text message we get every day from the Bears says Andy Dalton 1145 and none of us thought that Andy Dalton would be speaking because when a player speaks that means that he is playing they don't speak Mm -hmm. when they're injured so we kind of wondered all right who are they going to roll out will Justin Fields come out will neither quarterback come out and typically in the past, like Matt Nagy has played the game for the whole week. The game's been shipped thing where they don't say who the quarterback is going to be. Like last year when there was injuries with Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles with those two. Leading going up back to week forth. one, right? Wasn't leading up to week one was like, we're going to keep these are, you know, industry secrets here. No, no, no. Yep. And then in the middle of the season and the end of the season, when they were toggling back and forth between the two guys. So I just figured, yeah, we're, we're not going to find out until Friday. And then we learn that Matt Nagy is going to address the media today, which was very out of character to announce the starting quarterback this early in the week. It's really unprecedented with Matt Nagy. And I'm sure with a lot of other NFL coaches, and I even asked Nagy today, why did you decide to name your starting glad you're doing it but why are you doing it and he essentially said he didn't want the distraction he knew that we would bug the hell out of him until you know a starter was named so he threw out the window the idea of gamesmanship to his credit to his credit and now we know that Justin Fields is the starting quarterback. So today was the day, man. I mean, this was this was a dramatic day at Alice Hall. Got to hear from Justin Fields as well. And it, it's nice that we know and then now we can talk about it going forward. If you can maybe take the pulse of the building a little bit, you're talking about this really huge piece of news that hopefully turns into a very long career for Justin Fields. Was there a little bit of a different energy? Was there I, I, I saw the clip in Nagy. He had that little corner smile going, you know, did, was there a sense of excitement, you know, just in the locker room, some of the players that you talked to about, you know, Hey, it's go time. It's Justin Fields era. Yeah. It's, it's more difficult now to like get a, a sense of the whole building just because we're still not allowed to go in the locker room. So mm-hmm. we are beholden to whomever comes they, they up. Trot through, out. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever they trot out. And so it's hard to get, you know, Marquise Goodwin came out today and, and obviously, you know, he, he wasn't like jumping for joy or anything like that. But I, I think that Marquise Goodwin specifically is going to be one of those guys who probably if we get what Justin Fields is, a guy who is good at throwing the deep ball, that Marquise Goodwin will be one of the bigger beneficiaries of it. But I think honestly, man, I think the whole there, there is a big-time respect in that locker room towards Andy Dalton. I think every one of those guys gets it, what's going on here, that Justin Fields is the future. I think they're excited about Fields. But there is, there is respect towards him. So nobody is really getting out of control in terms of, yeah, this is it, man. Finally, it's Justin Fields. So you don't really feel that. It was good to see in the portion that we were allowed to watch at practice that it was good to see Justin Fields working with number ones. 
Um, and just seeing him be the guy taking those first reps and not like sort of the guy off to the side and getting the football second and some of the simultaneous exercises they do were done today with Justin Fields and Nick Foles. So you could see it, but I'm not feeling it yet necessarily, even though maybe the players are feeling it, but it's it's really hard to gauge right now. Today's episode is also brought to you by Play Action because, look, this is exciting news. Bet on Chicago is partnering with PlayActionPools.com this season to bring you some interactive fun to the sport we love most. You'll be able to get in on all the action with our PlayActionPools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. So here's how it works. You sign up for our contest, believe football pick'em at PlayActionPools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select the 10 highest profile games of the week between NFL and college football. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. So again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest believe b-l-e-a-v football pick them and if you plan on hosting your own football contest go to playactionpools.com today they've got survivor pick them as well as a cool sportsbook style concept called build your own bankroll that's only at playactionpools.com your new home for all your office sports picks now back to the pod i think you're bringing up a really interesting perspective so if i can i want to follow up a little bit on it is it fair to say now look since the dawn of time Bears fans have gone, I don't want this guy, I want this other guy, a quarterback, right? Whoever's on the field, I don't want him, give me the backup, so on and so forth. We've been clamoring for a franchise quarterback for a long time, and now he's on our doorstep, and now he's in our starting lineup. Are we, as Bears fans, are we underplaying the meritocracy of the NFL of this all, which is kind of what you're speaking to a little bit. Moving forward, Of Andy Dalton has earned the respect of the locker room. He's a veteran. He's taken every single rep in training camp, all reports – come back from training camp that Andy Dalton had a pretty good camp. Like he showed some accuracy with the deep ball. He's kind of earned that trust. Is it fair to say that Justin Fields is the future, but he also has to earn the trust of the present? Yeah, I do think that that's fair. And I think that's part of why I think that's been part of the thinking that Matt Nagy has had in terms of not starting Justin Fields from game one. And I can tell you that, you know, from watching every practice and, you know, mini camp, OTAs, training camp, the whole thing that Andy Dalton has looked like the better quarterback. We saw it last week. Everybody got to see it there. That, that was First Andy drive. Dalton looked good. And I would say that it was not a good day for, for Justin. Field. I mean, there were a couple drops and I wouldn't say bad, but he was below average for sure. So, yeah, I think that there is some some earning and even, yeah, even with the players out there. And the Bears have, like, in the Matt Nagy era, they have been like that in terms of not just giving guys jobs. I mean, like, I, the, the best example I could use on that one would be going back to last year and Jalen Johnson. Like, no, yeah. nobody was telling us about Jalen Johnson being a starter. I mean, we're all guessing, you know – Kevin Tolliver might be the starter or Artie Burns. And I mean, they, they really made Jalen Johnson sweat it out. And I feel like they all along, it was going to be Jalen Johnson, different position, obviously. And that's why you don't just start Justin Fields this year, but yeah, I mean, I do think that he's got some things to prove. However, I will say this, that even though Matt Nagy said that Andy Dalton, if healthy, is the starter. You said that at least twice today when we were talking to him out at Hallis Hall. Look, if if Justin Fields is, and I keep using this word, if he's confident, I don't see a scenario in which Andy Dalton ever gets the football again to start a game, except for obviously injury. But 
like how can you do that this this is the franchise this is what it's he is what it is all about as long as he comports himself well out there and he is like i said doesn't even have to be good he has to be competent and he has to show progress there's no way andy dalton's starting again is is part of doing that could it be maybe that matt nagy is just trying to hedge and protect fields in the sense of if fields plays poorly we don't have a two a miami dolphin situation of last year where you know, they brought him in, now's the time, and they had to yank him because he played so poorly. If Justin Fields maybe has some ups and downs, Andy Dalton could come back in as the starter and say, hey, this was the plan all along without maybe making it seem like Justin Fields uh, failed, you know, per se, in the perception funny, of it, Yeah, it's funny you put it that way because I had, uh, like, hadn't thought of it that way, but that does make sense that, hey, it's all right, this is all part of the process, and you're learning, and this is what we said, and – you know, you'll get back in there again. The reason I thought he said it, and I'm really taking a closer look at what you just said, but the reason my initial instinct was he's saying that for the sake of Andy Dalton. This all still goes back to the respect for Andy Dalton, what they promised him or told him when they signed him. They signed him and they told him, you're going to be our starting quarterback. I don't think they want to give the perception to Andy Dalton that they're just abandoning him, even though they, they might be, that they want to at least give publicly – the respect to Andy Dalton and not go back on their word on what they told Andy Dalton. So I think some of it's for him, but, but what you said does, does make sense because now it could just be all thrown in there as part of the process. Yeah. It's almost like a, we'll give him the Michael Kopech treatment a little bit. It was funny that you brought up, you know, uh, Fields' performance last week too, because yeah, it was kind of like maybe a baseball analogy. Like he went one for four with like maybe a single and he took a couple curveballs. Well, you know, everyone's talking yeah. about like the stuff that didn't happen, the, the results that didn't happen in a game per se, but the stuff that's maybe leading towards the future. And yeah, as a bears fan, I think everyone wants to say, you know, Wally Pip, Drew Bledsoe, Andy Dalton. You know, I think that's what we all deep down really want to do. Uh, let's kick it onto the field. Let's talk a little bit about week three real quick. Maybe I'll start it off here for you. The Cleveland Browns talented team, preseason darlings everyone thinks super bowl playoffs but um is it possible we're catching the cleveland browns at the right time mm, i don't think so <laughs> i mean i understand what you're saying yeah. but a, a home game for them against a rookie quarterback and i think that it's the wrong time to be playing the cleveland browns at this because it's because they might be a little bit fired up and a little bit angry yeah. and a little bit ready for a rookie so i i actually do think that the cleveland browns are legit i mean i don't have to tell you or anybody about you know jadavian Clowney and miles garrett and baker mayfield and it looks like they'll have odell beckham jr back yeah. this week is what it's looking like obviously nick chubb is a pretty good running back as well so I, yeah i'm a little worried about this game i don't know if you can tell joey but um, I do have concerns about playing the Cleveland Browns on the road this week for the Bears' sake. Yeah, I think it's fair that a lot of Bears fans before the season, when you get out your schedule and you go through the you go through the list, this was probably an L, right? Before they yeah. even before they yeah. some snaps in training camp. I guess what my thing was, and the Odell news kind of sort of put a damper on what I was trying to wrap my head around was, what's our what's what are we struggling with right now? We're struggling with coverage in the secondary with wide receivers. Jarvis Landry goes on the IR. If they didn't have Odell, in theory, we can maybe make it a little bit more of a one-dimensional game and hopefully maybe stop that run and see what happens. But again, yeah, we got Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett to worry about on the outside. I guess maybe the only way that the Bears maybe have a shot in this one 
is that, look, we don't have a Tyreek Hill, but Tyreek Hill burned the Browns for 197 yards in week one. Last week, Brandon Cooks, I think, did 128 on them. Speed can give them some problems, um, but I guess maybe what we're driving at is I don't know if the Bears are ready to play four quarters of offensive football, even if Andy Dalton was in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, that's the question. I mean, it's it's so up in the air as to what this offense is going to look like with Justin Fields. And let's face it, like, again, back to that Cincinnati game and leaving Justin Fields out of the equation, they were looking pretty good. I mean, Andy Dalton had the offense moving. Things were clicking. Things looked slick. Mm-hmm. So you could have I, – I would have had a better idea if I knew – it's not crazy to say if Andy Dalton – was playing in this game. We just have no idea what Justin Fields is going to look like in that game and how he will react to what you know is going to be just a a mammoth amount of pressure. On the other side, and I was saying this to another colleague of mine today, the Bears defense has just become totally unpredictable. Like, we just don't know. what uh, They were awful in week one. They were terrific last week. They were like, like, that was 2018 what they did last week with four takeaways and it it was like legit all the stars were being stars Khalil Mack has a sack Eddie Jackson forces a fumble you know uh the pick six for Roquan so it was just it was a masterpiece defensively but I'm not like at that point where I'm thinking yeah I can depend on the defense to do that again and 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 that leads me to the point of that's that's the way the Bears would win the Bears are I in this game, the Bears are not going to win with offense. If they get some breaks again defense, defensively, and I'll even resort to special teams in this case, that maybe a big special teams play, a kick return for a touchdown, maybe Khalil Herbert has something up his sleeve. Who knows? But that's the way the Bears would have to win this game. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, Balance 7. So I don't know if you've heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. He's been taking a new product he owes the credit to. It's called Balance 7. Balance 7 is a pH balancing alkaline supplement drink. And look for anyone in their 30s and above, or maybe even before. Look, I'm 37, but even in my 20s, every day was a maintenance day. I could use a little something like Balance 7 for a little bit of help. So head to balance7.com and use the code BLEAV, believe, for free shipping balance7.com use the code bleav for free shipping i did and if it worked for lamar odom it can work for you too now back to the pod yeah bears football uh special team score right uh short field short field cash in for points field goal or yeah. touchdown and that's where we yeah, are that's where yeah, we that, live that's where yeah. we are <laughs> that's our that's yeah. our address right there Sunday, you know, uh, Justin Fields is going to be out there. Are you going to be – there's two kind of narratives kind of toggling back and forth a little bit right now, and it's Justin Fields versus Nagy's offensive game calling. For your From your seat, which one are you going to be kind of keying in maybe a little bit more than the other one, how Fields plays or how Nagy is calling Fields under center? Well, yeah, I guess – I guess that I, when I watch that game, it's going to be all about what Justin Fields is doing. I believe that if afterwards and is when I will probably take in and soak in and see what Matt Nagy was doing as far as the play calling is concerned. I'd like to think that somebody as talented as Justin Fields can handle anything, but maybe not right away in terms of, and, and Matt Nagy talked about that today about how, he will, like he did with Mitch Trubisky and other quarterbacks that he has been in charge of, he'll figure out what they do well, what they don't do well. They'll, he'll ask Justin Fields, what do you like running? What do you not like running? And hopefully 
Matt Nagy will will do that in earnest. And we, we all know that in the past, he hasn't always done that. He says he's going to do it, but then we see him sort of force his game plan onto specific players. So, yeah, first and foremost, it's going to be about watching what Justin Fields does. And then I'll go back and see if, if the play calling could have been better or if it was spot on. Hopefully that'll be the case. Yeah, maybe a recipe, you know, for at least a good start to the game would be a crisp first 15, right? Where Justin Fields, no false starts. We're getting in and out of the huddle. We've got everything kind of clean on that front. Maybe pick up a couple first downs. Just sort of get the calm, maybe some of the nerves going on a little bit and just sort of work our way down the field, try and keep the game close, which I don't think the Browns honestly would mind if it was a low-scoring game. And then maybe sort of slowly take those shots as the game progresses. Yeah, man. I mean, and now you just made me think of something that I, I hadn't thought of, but I'm looking forward to the first scripted drive because yeah. one thing that Matt Nagy has been pretty good at in his career is that that very first drive. And that that's the one that will be organized, you know, based on what what they play. And, and you know, everything can change based on what Cleveland's defense is. But that'll be something to watch. And hopefully you're right that it will – get him calm and get him into that space where the confidence matches up with the skill and the brain with the arm. And he starts to see, and I, and I know that we made a big deal about how he said in the soldier field practice game this year, that the, the game, the bears against the bears that he was saying, Justin Fields was saying that the game doesn't seem like it's, it's that fast to him. I, I don't think it's completely slowed down yet. I think we saw that last week. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know what he was saying, but I think that there are things that he is not seeing at every level of the opposing teams, the Bengals defense, that hopefully he will have gotten better at this week. And hopefully that first drive will placate some of that and calm him down a little bit and just make him, you know, have that superior confidence for the rest of the game. I got two more for Mark Grody, the beat reporter for the Chicago Bears in 670, the score. You just made me think of something really quick. And bringing up that point about how, how he was saying that the game was slow, he came back and he cleaned that up, right, in a, in a following a press conference. Can you talk about – I'm not trying to make you compare – we want to compare Trubisky and Fields, but I find Fields in the press conference to be very refreshing. Um, he's clearly a very talented person on the field, but I found him to be very – intelligent and i find him to give really thoughtful answers with detail and definition where you know trubisky would kind of do the whole i gotta look at the play i can't talk about the play right now i want to look at it later while justin fields i I don't know i just find it really refreshing just the way that he's even the the stuff with the andy dalton of like hey don't boo andy dalton cheer for the chicago bears that are on the field stuff like that can you just talk about just interacting with him being in the rooms with justin fields for those press conferences yeah, and the big difference is, is and, and I will make the comp with, with Mitchell Trubisky since you brought him up. Trubisky's thing was he would just parrot whatever the coaches were saying, which I'm sure delighted the coaches, and that was fine. But there was rarely a moment where we actually got something insightful from him. It was just literally going through the bullet points because you literally could listen to Matt Nagy speak, and then he would parrot them. So that was fine. You know, you don't get burned that way. You don't get hurt that way. And we know Trubisky did step out of bounds, not step out of bounds, but you know, the comments with the televisions and things like that, that he'll never live down. The difference is with, with Justin Fields is he's, he's really listening to the questions and giving answers. And sometimes his answers aren't really 
satisfactory from a media perspective like for like for example like they they started the first couple questions today were one of my colleagues one of my teammates at the score hub arkish asked him you know are how many season tickets are you getting for this game kind of a fun you know loose in the room question he said and he said something just kind of mumbled like you know just the normal amount and then the follow-up question was you know considering your journey how special is this and he didn't really want to get in depth about it so some of his answers are shorter hmm. but they're a little bit more real and i will look forward to hearing what he is like as the the weeks go on in terms of giving more thorough answers and what that becomes like because we know it seems like he's just learning how to get command of the huddle and of his teammates and then he's got to try to get a command of us uh which is not an easy thing to do so but i'm looking forward to seeing him progress in that era but to your point there is a there's a, a bigger there's more of a realness to it and more just thinking about it and that's part of his game the thinking man's game yeah and as a bears fan i just enjoy he doesn't have a problem saying i want to be the man i want to be a franchise quarterback i want to take on all this pressure i want to do all this stuff i kind of actually really enjoy that hearing that from him my final question for you mark i wanted to end out with one uh, bit of a head scratcher which i like to do when you come on the pod a little bit here's your question for you more what's more likely to happen and what number is going to be higher though chicago white Sox, october wins or justin fields october touchdowns what number do you think will be higher? Ooh, wow. Okay. A lot of variables. A lot of variables here. Okay. But your answer, I think, sure. will stay. I make sure I got the question right. Yeah. White Sox wins in October versus Justin Fields' touchdown passes in October. Which number will be higher? Correct. Oh, my God. That's so good. I, ooh, up. Uh, God, I'm going to say Justin Fields touchdown passes. I don't have a great feeling about the White Sox right now. It's not trending in the right direction, right? It's so funny in baseball, like, you know, Eloy Jimenez, let's take him for example. A month ago, he's hitting the cover off the baseball. Now, not so much. But in four or five games, he could be locked in again at the plate. You know, you just don't know. Do you, do you have confidence in this team? Do you think they can lock in or it's just kind of they're going through the motions, that's for sure. Look, I'm not so I'm not as worried about like what's going on right now with the White Sox cuz I think there's some human nature there. I mean, they've had this division locked up forever. There's there are two legitimate things though. The whatever the hell's going on with Carlos Rodon, like that's a big 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 problem because it's been their starting pitching that has ruled the season. That That's why they are where they are. They, they've spent most of the season without their two best offensive players, at least in my opinion, and Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. So it's, it's a really tough predicament when we're starting to look at if Carlos Rodon is not effective in the postseason, what a shot that would be. Um, and the bullpen, what's going on at the back end of the bullpen is just kind of a kind of a nightmare right now. And then the other part is there's just something about the Houston Astros, man. They are a prime time freaking team, man. They know that what they're lineup. doing. They know that what they're lineup. doing in the postseason. Everybody hates them, and I get it. I'm with you. But I and that's why I can't give them the wins. I, I worry about that first series against Houston. I just think the Astros, they they got that thing, man. They got that shine. Yeah, I think in terms of that matchup, you know, Zach Greinke has been roughed up his last three starts. So all of a sudden the game one starter for the Astros, 
I'm not exactly sure who it is. If it's Lance McCullers, we'll see. So I think we can match up with them pretty well offensively, but I'm right there with you. Unfortunately, so at the beginning of the season, my my whole vibe on Carlos Rodon was I felt like we were playing with house money. And I was yeah. like, if he can just give us 100 good innings and we can move over to Kopech, this is amazing. Just eat up some bullets so Kopech can yeah. come in and become the starter. But you know what? He was so damn good. I'm worried that we're like we're riding the car and the, the gas tank is on E and we're like, we're so close. Let's just keep keep going. And he's trying to get his next contract and everyone's pushing for it. But the body, the physical body isn't letting him do it. And I, I'm, I'm definitely worried about worried about that for sure. I would almost rather do a tandem of Cease and Keuchel in a game three maybe than Rodon if he doesn't get back on the mound in the next week or so. Yeah, that's crazy, man, to think about Keuchel. And it's, this Keuchel thing sucks, too, that he has the downfall. And, look, he, he's an older veteran pitcher, so you didn't expect this guy to be, you know, as good as he was last year necessarily. But it's too bad because – and Cease is great. I mean, I, I agree with everybody. He's got the best stuff. But that, as we found out, as we know about Cease – having the best stuff has nothing to do with being the best pitcher in that rotation. And sometimes he just flakes out. So I, yeah, that though, I I still think they could do damage. It's not out of the realm of possibility that Sox could end up in the world series, but I just, I I don't feel, I felt great about it earlier this year. I don't feel great about it right now. Yeah. You know, that field of dreams game, I was oh. like, man, this is a this is one of those turning points. This is one yeah. of those, those mojo building turning points where I thought that they would maybe really take off, and the schedule has actually been pretty kind to them, you know, over the last month or so. Outside of maybe a Red Sox series here and there, and they just haven't. I think they're under five hundred in September right now, so there's still plenty of time to turn it around. But yeah, I'm kind of wondering, you know, after all the injuries, do we maybe look back in the off season and go, you know what, maybe this team wasn't meant to win. This year, God, I'm rooting for them, right? You know, but they got all the pieces, and maybe next year is that year where they they load up and they really start kicking some ass, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's the good news. I mean, no Sox fan wants to think about, like, next year. They want it now, now, now. But it is true that this core is still very much in effect. You know that at this point, Jerry Reinsdorf is going to allow, hopefully, Rick Hahn to augment wherever necessary. So their window, yeah, their window is is wide, wide open. Yeah. I mean, that that is for sure. But it sure would be nice to take care of business right here now, while you still have Carlos Rodon on this this staff. Who knows what happens next year? No, yeah, every season, every season is precious, and I still think yes. that they can they can come into the postseason and still make some noise and make something happen because you never know. One day, Mark, you wake up and John Lester's a Cardinal. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, that I did wake up one day and that did happen. And the Cardinals are probably going to the postseason somehow. And yeah. he's going to help them, damn it. He's going to help them. I know. Hey, you know what? Good for John Lester. It's been such a train wreck of a year for the Cubs this year that I'll just be happy for all those Cubs going to all their different places and potential playoff teams. Have have fun, John Lester. Go be a Cardinal. That's great. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Count down the days on the north side. And I was my last thought on this uh, is I was talking to my wife the other day and she was really mad at me, but I was like, and I'm not saying this like I'm already at that place, but I was just saying as a Cubs fan, what's happened over the summer 
hopefully, you know, maybe four years from now, we'll look back and we'll be like, you know, they did the right thing and everything, but they are really, really close in my Cubs fan heart of doing irreparable damage. Like one of those things where like I'm 20 years from now, I'm like, I never forgave them for so on and so forth. And I'm actually like a really optimistic dude, but you start kind of looking around at what they're doing or what they're going to propose to do in the off season. And everyone that says we had to break up the cubby core, I totally get it. But take a look at what the free agents look like in the off season. And I guarantee you three or four of those dudes that we got rid of are going to be in the top six or seven of your best options in the off season. So I'm, I'm just curious. I'm curious to see what they do, especially with a lot of young kids that are probably three or four years away. Well, what I realized about in watching this version of the Cubs, a bunch of nobodies, and I get it. There's some fun players to watch with wisdom and what Frank Swindell has done. It's and it is some of it's been fun, but they if they do the whole bottom drops out thing, I think the Cubs are screwed. Like they they cannot do what they did prior to 2015 in those hundred loss years. If they come back next year. And it's what we're seeing now, basically, you know, a bunch of nobodies and then a, you know, a competition every night, it seems like for the fifth starter is what, what's going on with the Cubs. They're they're They are going to be in trouble. I, I just, I, there's no way Cubs fans are going to put up with that again, because the bar has been raised. Cubs fans are different now. So they need to go out and make themselves they need to be, they need to be, I don't know if they have to make the playoffs. No, they don't have to make the playoffs next year, but they, they damn well better be respectful next year. They're in trouble. Absolutely. I, I agree with you completely. Be competitive. And that was part of the promise too, as well it was not just a world series and not just, Hey, we're going to give you six years of great baseball and then bottom out. But they said they wanted to be like the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Cardinals, the Braves. And if you go up Dodgers, and if you go up and down that list over the last 22 years, you're going to probably find less than 10 losing seasons combined with all those six franchises. So this whole six years on, well, previously for us, what it was like one or two years on, five years off. One or two years on, you know, Dusty, five years off. Lou, five years off. You know, Joe, yeah. you know what I mean? It's just, it's a different era, and they, I hopefully they definitely commit to it for sure. Right, and it, and this is, the, it's, this is Jed Hoyer's offseason, man. Like, last year was, I, I still don't know what whose decision it was to trade you darvish that there was pressure on jed hoyer to do that but once once they traded you darvish the season was already a joke Mm -hmm. when you trade your best pitcher and you tell people oh yeah we think we can do some damage with this pitching i mean you had one guy kyle Hendricks. that's it so it's this is big off season for jed hoyer yeah and then you go out and you blame guys like rizzo and Baez and bryant for (laughs) the reason why they Anyways, it's a it's a story. Yeah. It's a story for another time. Hopefully they bring a couple of those guys back in the offseason. I personally would like that a whole lot. The Chicago Bears beat reporter for 670 the score, Mark Grody. Also check out, he is the host of the podcast. Let me put a list together. A great, great, great movie podcast that you have to check out. And also the Mark Grody Sports Podcast and the Podcast Entertainment Network. Mark, man, so great to see you. I love your perspectives. I love uh, cutting it up with you, joking with you. Uh, please uh, tell the listeners some of your socials so everyone can kind of follow your stuff and your content as the Bears season goes along. Yeah, man, I appreciate you mentioning all that stuff. I do appreciate that, and I love coming on with you, Joey. But uh, my Twitter handle is at Mark Brody Sports. Uh, I'm also on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have no idea what I, my handles are for either of those. You could probably just Google Mark Brody and find me on those. But Twitter is the place. If, you, if you're looking for the hardcore sports stuff, at Mark Brody Sports on Twitter. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming back on the pod, man. And maybe, you know, next time, 
a band like Mastodon does a, a pop-up <laughs> concert. Me and you, man, we're going there. We're going to teach the young kids how to uh, do it right. Let's do it, brother. That sounds like a plan. <laughs> <laughs> Today's episode of Believe in Bears was presented by BetOnline.ag. Use NFL promo code NFL100 to get a 100% the bonus deposit on your initial deposit make sure you check that out also play action pools look if you can't be in the office this year you can still win money off your coworkers. so join one of the great survivor pools of play action pools also balance 7 ph supplement partnered with believe podcast network all season long with some great products to help your health moving forward thank you for listening to this pod until then be well be safe please be good to each other and always remember to bear down Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.